morning. Um, today is um Fourth of July, twenty twenty two. My podcast today is, is actually is the second part of the Black America. It's a historic moments of key figure on a cultural milestone from the African American history. And also, if you have time and um, you can pick up that book, uh, it's not really, it's a magazine, it's a new, brand new magazine about uh, all about the history and just come out the black American. That's why we're gonna um, use to do our podcast today. Last time we have we um, we given the introduction about the first Black Americans. Um, the story of Black American Kate goes back 500 years when the first captured African were brought to the New World. The original members of a burgeoning uh, resilience community. The first non-African to set foot on the North America, American soil were a group of enslaved people, brought by the Spanish to present-day South Carolina from Santo Domingo, Haiti, in 1526 to found a new colony. They were brought as a part of a the expedition that followed Christopher Columbus' first voyage, um, but following a struggle for control, they set fire to the housings, housing and fled to the freedom among nearby Native Americans. The Spanish too quickly fled back to Haiti, and the president had been set for a long history of resistance and rebellions against oppression. The first surviving African African in English America were the 20th and odd Negroes and Angolans. <clears throat> Originally captured by the Portuguese who came to Jamestown, Virginia on on the farmer's voyage of 1619 as indentured servants. In fact, most early Africans in America were not actually enslaved. They they were servants made to work unpaid for seven years to pay of the passage and upkeep. And they were treated brutally but eventually were free to go with a release payment and provision to start a new new life. And dentorships was not lifelong or hereditary like slavery. Thus, in the early days, uh, lively free um, black population owned farm grew wealthy and made a major contribution to the young nations. Foraging life for these early African Americans was tough. But there is an evidence of surviving, flourishing African arts, music, religious and culinary practice, trade and financial system and languages. 
They came with the knowledge of agricultural techniques, medicine, and technology that fundamentally shape America and the crops and the food staples. Still in place today, many were urban Angolan who were highly educated and cosmopolitan. Their demanding freedom shaping and contributing to American ideal. Uh, the first instance of lifetime slavery wasn't recorded until 1640 when an indentured servant, John Punch, was sentenced to lifetime servitude for running away. From the 1660, racial inherited slavery became more widespread and 19. In 1699, Virginia deported all free blacks with those remaining enslaved. Though black Americans were an important free community that contributed to the beginnings of the U.S. population of African As racism evolved, things began to change. Between 1690 and 1710, the population of African in British colony tripled from 60,700 to 44,900. Through the slave trade just before the Revolutionary War, 22 put percent of the American population was black and mostly held and in bondage. America America's centuries of um, slavery slavery. America was for, founded on the principle of liberty and justice for all, but it wasn't the land of the free for everybody. America didn't invent slavery, but it embraced it with horrible enthusiasm. Slaves were the backbone of the American economy between 1790 and 1860. The harvesting of the cotton in the southern states grew from a thousand tons of year to a million with slaves, the crucial labor force needed to bring in those crops. In 1790, there were half a million slaves in the south. There were four millions by 1860. The system was backed by legislation, the courts, the military, and the government. The importation of slaves actually became illegal. Illegal in 1808, but the law went on unenforced, meaning that hundreds of thousands of slaves continued to be brought into the country, usually from the Central and Western Africa. The system was an entrenched um, that only the Civil War could bring it to an end. Slaves had a low life expectancy and were treated more like the cattle than human beings. They were sold at auctions and were their physical attributes and 
talents were talked up as the most marketable qualities slave owners would often break up families selling husbands or wives or their children this was often a deliberate policy to subdue the slaves spirits after all a slave without a family was thought to have less will to resist there were also sometime economic reasons at at one point there was such a surplus of slave labor in the upper south that uh, a forced migration of more than a million slaves to the deep south was implemented through though through all these family they form through all of these slave held on to their humanity torn from their family they form deep kinship with their companions on the plantation music dancing arts and religion all remain important and although the later could be used against the slaves black preachers were also sometimes employed to preach in a way that kept the slave in line whipping and other brutal punishment were not only widespread but normal slave revolts um, were unusual since they were swiftly put down with military force a skip was more common although risky successful runaways made new lives in canada mexico or the north but getting caught in the process of escape meant getting torn apart by dogs or shot the fugitive slave act was passed in 1850 to make it easier for slave owner to reclaim the property Like I said, the Fugitive Slave Act was passed in 1850 to make it easier for slave owners to reclaim the property south of the border in Mexico. And they there were law laws these dissuade to dissuade um, white people from giving aid to escape slaves. Poor, uneducated white people were unemployed as uh, overseers. Of black labor and entrenching white racism in the south for decades to come. Unsurprisingly, there were uprisings, although most were swiftly crushed. One of the most famous was led by Nat Turner on 21st August 1831. Turner and his band of brothers were un- ultimately unsuccessful, and security in the south became even tighter. As a result of the rebellion, but the voices of abolitionists were getting louder. In 1853, John Brown, a white man, actually planned to seize the federal arsenal at Harper's Ferry, Virginia, and sparked a slave revolt throughout the South. Local militia lost hundreds of Marines under the command of General Robert Lee, put down an insurgency. Brown was hanged. 
but it was clear that the issue was far from concluded. Still, as late as 1857, the Supreme Court ruled that the Dred Scott could not sue for his freedom because he was property and not legally a person. Furthermore, we're gonna um, narrate a story, a short story, briefly about the Civil War, emancipation, black cowboys, reconstruction, and Jim Crow. And if um, if we have more space, we can do Washington, the boy, and the power of education. Thank you for listening. Civil War. The American Civil War has the final acts is in a long process of the abolition of slavery and the emancipation of enslaved was never just fought by white northern abolitionists. African Americans had been architects of their own liberation from the very first days of slavery actively partaking in resistance and rebellions against the system and particularly so during the civil war ended many historians have found that the abolitionist movements and the winnings winnings of the civil war could not have been possible without the agitation of the enslaved and the free black population they defy the war by running away escaping the Union camps where they could enlist in the Union Army contraband slaves who were freed after 1863 could receive relief and uh, protection and the Union the Union Army decided not to enforce the Fugitive Slave Act and thus did not send back runaway slaves to the South. Later, later um, the Union even confiscated slaves from rebels. Contraband camps became staples of a Union encampment. Um, they, still, they were still racially segregated and unequal, but black soldiers successfully fought for equal pay and later military pensions it was not um just black men either female contraband would work and encampment doing laundry feeding and clothing the soldiers aria torment the great conductor of the underground railroad works as a laundress and spy for the union army approximately approximately 200,000 black men served in the Union Army and Navy. Meanwhile, enslaved people on plantation used the general chaos to enact greater rebellions, resist, p- 
punishment. Do less work and disrupt the, stat the status quo. Others would work on plantation as um, union spies and scouts and informers. Toward the end of the war, the Confederate became desperate and forced their remaining slaves to take up arms on the opposite side. And many enslaved fighters did what they could to sabotage their own army. The black community across the nation did the best the beat to accelerate the Civil War, presenting logistical challenge for the Union and forcing them to consider the moral questions of slavery and transform the hearts and minds of the Northern northerners unfamiliar with the reality of slavery. African-American were never benevolently handed the gifts of freedom. They strove to create the condition under which slavery could not survive. Emancipation um, the Emancipation Proclamation redefined the course of the Civil War and set a new precedence for how the nation would be reshaped um, as its conclusion. When the Union Army won the Battle of Anti-Tam in September 1862, President Abraham Lincoln knew it was not possible to issue an Emancipation Proclamation to End Slavery. After a great political struggle, it came into effect on the, on the 1st January 1863 in middle of the Civil War and um, celebration abound uh, across the nation of the moments of liberation. But, but uh, anticipation was not just a singular spontaneous event. It was a long, arduous, and devastating process going back at least 30 years and reaching far into the future. Now were the impacts um, immediately transformative. It's meant that any African-American on American soil would be free, but nationwide freedom depend on union victory. Those the slave could either run away to the Union, land and immediately gain freedom, although through the, the advancement of the army into Confederate land, between 25,000 and 75,000 slaves were immediately freed by the proclamation. Informally, secessionists and land already captured by the Union with each success of the Union Army, more enslaved people were freed until their final victory and um, emancipated all the remaining slaves. The 13th Amendment ratified in 1865 set the change in stone and so that they could not be overturned outside of the war. And the proclamation enraged Southerner and pro-slavery who saw it as the end of the world they knew and the beginnings of the violence race war for African-American and their allies and towards both of momentous, momentous, joyous moments and 
one full of anxiety and fear over what would come next. Lincoln was adamant that that emancipation meant a totally new path for the nation, which required new measure and structure. He insisted on a reconstruction plan for southern states, which would help to support African Americans and building new lives from from nothing, offered them the 40 acres and a mule. This failed to become a reality through, though, as even most Republicans were opposed to confiscating and redistributing the land of ex-slave holders. Reconstruction was a a fraught and violent process with many setbacks. African Americans continued to their struggle for more complete freedom as they always have. Emancipation gave them greater control and security over their families, community, churches, education, serving as a foundation for the future struggle. Emancipation was a monument momentous, symbolic, legal, and moral moments that would resound across the centuries, and yet very little actually changed for the material circumstances and safety experienced by African Americans. The signing of the document was only the beginnings. At, um, the proclamation impacted left of 3.5 million of 4 million enslaved African Americans in the U.S., stating that the slave and Alton secessionist state of uh, of the Confederacy would be freed. Emancipation proclamation. I think if I. Let me try if I can read a little bit. On the 22nd day of September in the year of our Lord, 1862, proclamation was issued by the President of the United States containing, among other things, the following two weeks. That's on the first day of January in the year of our Lord, 1862. 63 all persons held as a slave within any state or designated part of the states the people whereof shall then be in a rebellion against the united states shall be then thenceforward and forever free and the executive government of the united states including the military and the naval authority therefore will recognize and maintain the freedom of a such person and will do no act or act to repress such a person of any of them in any effort they might make for their actual freedom the that the executive will on the first day of the general aforesaid 
by a proclamation designing, designated the state and part of its state, if any, and which the people thereof respectively shall then be and rebellions against the United States. And the fact that, that any state or the people therefore shall be on the way on that day be in good faith represented in a Congress of the United States by member chosen there, there, there to act election William of majority of the qualified voter such a, a such state shall have participated shall in in the absence of the strong countervailing testimony to deem conclusive conclusive evidence that such a state and the people thereof are not then in rebellion against the United States. Now, therefore, I am Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, by virtue of the power invested in coming in in chief of the army and navy of the United States in, a, in time a actual armed rebellions against authority in the government of the eve of our Lord 1863 in accordance to my purpose to do so publicly proclaim for the full of period of 100 days from the day of the first day above mentioned order and designated as a state and part of the state where him the people thereof respectively are this day in rebellion against the United States following two weeks. Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, except the par parish of St. Bernard, Plaquemine, Jefferson, St. John, St. Charles, St. James, Ascension, Assumption, Terrebonne, Lafarge, St. May, St. Martin, New Orleans, including the city of New Orleans, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, except the 40, 48 country designated out of West Virginia, and also the, the county of Berkeley, Arkhamite, Napton, North, North Afton, Elizabeth City, York, Francis, Aaron, Ain, and Norfolk, including the city of Norfolk, and Portsmouth, and which except part are for the present left, precisely as if this proclamation were not issues. And by virtue of the power and for the purpose aforesaid, I I do order and declare that all person held as slave within said designated states and parts of the state are henceforth forward shall be free and that the executive government of the united states including the military the naval authority thereof will recognize and maintain the freedom of said person and i buy by enjoying by enjoying upon the people so declared to be free and to abstain from all violence unless necessary self-defense and i recommend to them that all in the cases when allow their labor faithfully for reasonable wages and i further declare and make known that such person a suitable condition will be received into the army service of the united states to garrison forts position 
and stationed in other places intermittent vessels of all sorts and sort and setting cells. Open these sensibly believed to be an act of justice while wanted by the constitution open military necessity. I invoked. That's part of it. That was part of it. And also you can um further read it. Um you actually you probably get access to books or Google. Black cowboys. Hollywood would would um have us believe that cowboy of the western frontier in the 1800s were almost always white. In reality, at least 25% of them were black. In early 1500s, the Spanish arrived in Mexico and began building ranches. The indigenous people who herded cattle and horsebark were called vaqueras, from the Spanish word vaca, meaning cow. But in the first half of the 19th century, white American second cheap land began moving to Texas, then in Spanish territory, in order to set up and establish established farm and ranches they rely on the labor of enslaved people um, Texas joined the the Confederacy in 1861 though the Civil War hardly reached Texas many traveled to fight while away ranchers depended on the slave to maintain their land and cattle after emancipation their trenches hire free and highly skilled African American pay roles. The term cowboy was initially exclusively used to describe them. A continuation of enslaver using boy or derogatory term with white handler, generally call them call hands. There were also black car girls, car girls who are often used to hide a skill for fear of seeming too masculine or disgrace arm and themselves as a man or so that they could trend the drives. The legendary cattle drive of the 1800s saw cowboy travel um, thousands of miles on horseback, negotiating unforgiving tracks and harsh environments to connect with the Mid Midwestern railroads. When the journey together, there was a little room for racial prejudice, but black cowboys were expected to do extra tasks like cooking. They also had to navigate the varied segregation law in the different states. At the end of a long drive, the cowboys would sometimes hold informal competition to test their skills. This involved into the modern rodeo with competitions such as the bull riding, team roping, wrong riding, and steam wrestling. For many years, African Americans weren't allowed to own horses and had to get written permission to ride. In the late 1800s, rodeo conformed with local Jim, Jim Crow laws, leading to lower pay, um, racist judging and other second-class treatment of black riders. However, many pioneering um, 
stars were african-americans such as bill pickett who invented ball dodging in form of steer wrestling in the late 20, um, 20th century and early 21st century black characters finally started appearing on hollywood western like posse and jungle on chain across the u.s they, there was a several organization keeping black cowboy history alive and like Arizona Black Rodeo and the National Multicultural Western Heritage Museum. Trail drives are still popular to celebrate a mixture of horse riding and rodeo and dancing. Reconstruction as the dust settled over the Civil War and for a moment it seemed that America's black populace had finally been granted um, the due rights. It was not to last. To last. In 1863, two years into the bloody Civil War, Abraham Lincoln announced the 10% plan which aimed to remit um, Confederate states into the union while simultaneously abolishing slavery when lincoln was assassinated two years later the the herculean herculean task of simultaneously uniting north and south and facilitating um emancipation fell to his his successor andrew johnson in in the ensuring the 12 years, former slave embraced sweeping new rights and shy in the 13th, 14th, and 15th amendments to the U.S. Constitution. No longer far from education, they snap up uh, the opportunity to educate themselves, building school housings, and studying under the Northern teacher. They also reinforce these rights by exercising the right to vote, a notion that terrified whites in the South, where many area had huge black population. In South Carolina, for example, the, the newly enfranchised voters sent enough black representatives to outnumber the whites one, allowing them to help rewrite the state constitution and pass law securing black rights. However, the, the country remained gripped by divisive debate while mostly northern radical Republicans wanted to promote black rights. The southern-led conservative Democrats wanted the South to set its own rules. After winning the, the 1866 election, the radical Republicans created the freedom the freedmen's bureau offering slave food clothing and advice on labor contracts 
It also committed federal law and troops to protect black rights across the country, further empowering communities across the South. Despite this progress, newly freed slaves living in the South remain surrounded by by hostile white racist. One black freedman, Houston Hartfield Holloway, wrote, For we colored people did not know how to be free, and white people did not know how to have a free colored person about them. With the law against them, many whites took um, in law into their own hands, giving rise to the white supremacist groups such as the Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux Klan, which murdered and intimidated black people and race trader in the build-up to 1968 election. More than 2,000 people were killed in Arkansas, a 1,000 in Louisiana, handing the Democrats decisive wins. Although the government took some action to curb this activity, by 1877, a combination of high cost of corruption and northern exhaustion and southern unrest led to the federal government withdrawing from the south, opening a new chapter of black disenfranchisement. The Jim, the Jim Crow Laws After the Civil War, slavery was simply replaced by another racist system design, designed to subjugate and oppress black people through mosaic of local laws, codes, and agreements. Following the Civil War, the U.S. Constitution was revised to abolish slavery while providing citizenship and guaranteeing the rights to vote for black people. However, the Supreme Court would work tirelessly to undermine this progress. Rulings on 1883 that while states could not discriminate against African-American, private citizens could. This paved the way for legitimization of racism via a Tapestry, tapestry of racist state and local law, codes and agreements designed to restrict the rights of black people, known as the Jim Crow laws, named after a famous 19th century white minstrel who performed racist show and blackface. While law and circumstances varied across different parts of the country, and many um, of the U.S. town and communities they form a bulwark of segregation dividing people black and white people in all aspects of society the distinct black people were for lives of inequality born in their own hospital buried in their own graveyard educated in their own school and entertained their own leisure facilities whites only side were commonplace strewn 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 over bus station water fountain toilets building denying black people the right to access decent arm service based on their skin color alone
despite technically having the right to vote black people were restricted from doing anything to reverse the Jim Crow laws by the poll tax fraud literacy test and uh, when all these fail violence adding a further barrier the the grandfather clause stipulated that only people whose grandfathers had voted were eligible to vote making making engagement in democracy possible for the descendants of slaves the dream color lasted well beyond world war ii and only began to become undone with the president Harry Truman's in 1948 executive order eliminating racial discrimination from military however it will be another two decades before they were formally reversed by the civil rights civil rights and voting rights acts of 1964 and 1965 <music> Washington and Du Bois, the power of education. Although their views were radically different, Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois both played crucial roles in empowering Black Americans through education. Born the son of a Black slave, Booker T. Washington inherited his mother's chains. Without even a family name after the Civil War, having secured um, his freedom at the age of nine, he moved to West Virginia, where he adopted his stepfather's surname, Washington. Upon entering grammar school, he later later worked at a salt furnace before studying at the Hopton Normal. And a culture institute, and then Wayland Seminary. Hapton left such an impression that he became convinced that the only viable path for black people to achieve success was through vocational training. In 1881, he moved to Alabama to become the Tuskegee Normal and Industrial Institute first principal. Expanding the Hampton model, Washington hoped to establish a system to equip black people with the, the vocational skills required to entrench themselves into the rapidly developing, developing economy through the high quality labor. Through, through his work uh, at the Tuskegee, Washington won over several prominent white employer and governor who liked that his style of education would provide a steady streams of, of labor while simultaneously keeping black people confined 
down on the form and, and the particular traits by infusing these ethos with a, a protestant work protestant work well um work ethic he broadened his appeal with a northern millionaire such as a Rockefeller and Carnegie procuring enough support to transform thus to get into the country's best supporting black educational educational facility educational facility he sincerely believed its model would pave the way for black people to escape sharecropping and death to achieve somewhat of meaningful life as a self-employed individual small business people and perhaps even landowner and exchange they would simply have to learn to adapt to an unjust and authoritarian hierarchy within which they they were occupied lower rank, ranks with this in mind he felt that black education should be so directed to the greatest proportion of the mental strength of the masses will be brought to bear open every the practical things of life open something that is needed to be done and something which they will be permitted to do in a community which there they they reside washington was catapulted to fame by his by, by his september 1895 speech the atlanta compromise were he appealed to the white America a pledge that in your effort to work out the great and the intricate problem which God has laid at the door of the South, you shall have at all time the patient, sympathetic help of Myris. Only let this be constantly in mind that while from from representation in in these buildings of the products of field of the forest of mine factory letters and arts much good will come yet for above and beyond material benefits will be that higher good that let us pray God will come and in blotting out the sectional differences and racial animosities and suspicious and suspicious in a determination to administer absolute justice in a willing obedience among all classes to the mandate of law these couple with our material prosperity will bring into our beloved self a new heaven and a new earth building uh, on his effort to secure compromise he wrote a well-received autobiography up, up from the slavery in 1801, 1901, founded in National Negro Business League and served as a chief black advisor to President Theodore Roosevelt, William Howard Taft. His view represented um, those of many of the Reconstruction era educated black population, while American, they believed them. Admire financial success in the capitalist system above all else. If black people could demonstrate their, their ability to acquire wealth 
and respectability within the constraints of the system, they would earn the respect of their white peer and slowly rise to their equal. Unfortunately, this didn't happen by the turn of 19th century. Even in the North, black business owner found a white customer growing and critically reluctant to support them, driving many into bankruptcy. However, as increasing numbers of black people fled the brutal racism of the South, increasing urbanization facilitated to spread of the black owned business and gathering catering to black customer. It was the environment that gave rise to the real estate magnates Robert Reed Church and the legendary Madame C.J. Walker, inventor of the street named Calm and the first black female millionaire. Admits, 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 admits the, the change in climate. Washington ID began to encounter resistance from the growing groups of black academics and professionals with a radically different perspective. The Niagara, the Niagara movement, founded by the intellectual giant William Edward Burkhart Dubois. The movement called Full Citizenship Rights for Blacks and Public Recognition of Their Contribution to America's Stability and Progress. This was a stark contrast to Washington stands who adopted the great accommodator, accommodator. The movement were no longer willing to simply accept the static quo of lynching, segregation, and racist segregation law. Despite Washington's effort to mitigate racism by secretly financing civil suits and procuring, procuring aid for black colleges, his approach had failed to improve the wider issues of racial discrimination. At the time of his death, the tide was beginning to turn in favor of Dubois, idea, born in Freeman in 1968, Massachusetts to a white French father and a black mother. The boy grew into an unprecedented intellectual force of the time attending Fisk University before becoming the first black person to receive a PhD in social science at Harvard and responding to Washington compromise he wrote The Soul of the Black Folks. Envisioning a future time where culture was dominated by black consciousness, solidarity and activists creating a paradigm shift. Emphasizing the importance of classic liberal arts education, Du Bois believed that black community could only achieve social justice and equality through the effort of an intellectual vanguard of college-educated black who, who we call the talented tenth. The Negro race, like all races, is going to be saved by its exceptional men. 
the problem of education then among Negroes must first of all deal with the talented them. It is the first, it is the problem of developing the best of this race that they they may guide the mass away from the contamination and death of the worst. Reflecting his more direct demeanor, he added, Men of America, the problem is planned before you. Here is a race transplanted through criminal foolishness of your fathers. Whether you like it or not, the millions are here, and here they will remain as finances and membership for the Niagara, Niagara movements dwindle. The group survived by morphing into a direct action-oriented group called National Association for Arrestment of Colored People, NWCP, which was established in 1909. This change saw the seed for the civil rights movement to come. As the editor of NWCP Multi Magazine, the crisis and as one of the organization's most prominent leaders, Du Bois continued to actively promote and protest discrimination on behalf of all black Americans. However, has his idea um, snowballing into the civil rights movement, he became um, increasingly disillusioned with the nation and its black elite. This came to head on 1951 when he was arrested and arraigned as a Soviet agent as a part of the mercantilism movement for circulating a petition protesting nuclear weapon. Despite being acquitted, Dubois was left penniless and had his passport revoked. When he was finally returned, he moved to the newly independent nation of Ghana. After his de departure to the U.S., the nation where he was born and for which he had sacrificed so much, revoked his passport once again. He died in Ghan a Ghanaian citizen in 1963. On the eve of the March of Washington, Though he and Washington had to clash over the best way to proceed, each played a crucial role in laying down the intellectual foundation of the civil rights movement and paving the path to the new world opportunity. Marcus Garvey, a radical Jamaican first firebrand who dream of a uni uniting, uniting all the black people all the world, Marcus Garvey idea were considered too radical to simply go unchecked. Born in 1887 in Jamaica, St. Anne Bay, after leaving school at 14, Marcus Garvey spent time with the Jamaican nationalist group before touring Central America and London inspired by Booker T. Washington. He hoped to open his own industrial training school and travel to the U.S. to meet his idol, who unfortunately died just before his arrival. However, as he lectured across the U.S. grip, 
by the race riots is still of course creating the chapter of its Jamaican group. Universal Negro Improvement Association in New York, a powerful orator and organizer, he emerged Jamaican peace and aspiration for independence with America's gospel of success, centered um, around the rights for all black people to return to Africa. The result was a philosophy of Pan-African solidarity and self-empowerment. These ideas were vital in the formation of Rastafarianism. By 1920, Garvey Group had hundreds of chapters worldwide, shipping line linking to U.S., Caribbean, and Africa. In a weekly publication notoriously banned in various countries, he relentless approach earned hire of the Bureau of, of Investigation, who hired the FBI first black agent of, to infiltrate and sabotage the Black Star shipping line. After being indicted on mail fraud charge and deported back to Jamaica in 1927, Garvey descended into obscurity, dying in 1940. The the NWCP is founded is founded established is a necessary tool in the fight for civil rights in 1909. The NWCP is still going strong after more than a century. Different plan to tackle racial injustice across arose from the Springfield race riot of 1908. The unification of a group of white, liberal, and notable African Americans such as Idea Buell and W.E.E. Du Bois led to the formation of the National Association for Advancement of Colored People, America's largest and most recognized civil rights organization in February 1909. As a part of its mission to advance the interests of black citizens, the NWCP aimed to eradicate racial discrimination and guarantee the rights of African Americans to education, employment, and the, and the vote. As a director of publication and research in 1910, Dubois co-founded the crisis, the NWCP acclaimed publication. Within four um, years, the NWCP had branched out of New York city across the US. The model of local grassroots recruitment of membership members fundraising and campaigning was hugely effective. The NWCP legal advocacy and rallying against separate but equal doctrine helped and segregated education while the anti-lynching campaign was also crucial in raising public public awareness of the issues and contributed to decline in the lynching across the South. But in 19 but the NWCP paid clearly for its success on Christmas Day of 1951. Um NWCP Field Secretary Harry T. Moore and his wife were murdered when their home was bombed bombed bombed. 
and other field arms. Secretary Medgar Evers was assassinated in 1963 after years of persecution against him and his wife, Marley Evans, who became the third woman to chair the NWCP in 1995. The, the NWCP also faced hostility from those who felt they should favor more direct action during the civil rights era. And the NWCP supported Freedom Rider and helped to organize the 1963 March on Washington. Such um, collaboration led to 1964 Civil Rights Act. During this period, notable celebrities embraced and supported the NWCP, including Simon Davis Jr., Lena Holm, Jackie Robinson, and Barry Belafonte. Today, be Beyonce and her Bay. Good Foundation partner with WCP to provide grant for Black-owned business, and while NWA Image Award meeting the tie to the Hollywood, with two 2,200 volunteers, run branches, and more than two million members across the U.S., NWCP continue to fight against the death, police brutality, climate change, climate crisis, and voter apathy as a part of its campaign for social and economic justice. The Harlem Renaissance like arguably the most important time period in African American cultural and intellectual life. The Harlem Renaissance introduced black culture and creativity to mainstream audience. The Harlem Renaissance was an intellectual, social, and artistic explosion that sprung from the multicultural creative scene in the Harlem neighborhood of Manhattan, New York City in 1920s. It began the aftermath of World War I and continued through into the Great Depression in 1930s. During the turbulence reconstruction era that followed the Civil War, racial inequality persist in America South. It was strengthened Further by the segregationist policies known as the Jim Crow laws that, that came into place in the late 1800s. And forced African Americans to adhere to strict oppressive black codes and other racist system and practices. When the war war one broke out of Europe and in 1914 1914 1914 um, European immigration to the US slow 
slowed right down in the city in the north, midwest, and west of the country faced a shortage of workers. Company reached out to southern states, recruiting African American labor to fill the vacancies by the end of 1919. Approximately one million black people had journeyed north, and a million more would go on to follow over the next 40 years. This mass movement of people became known as the Great Migration. Meanwhile, uh, although the Ku Klux uh, Klan had been officially dissolved in 1972, in 1915, there was a resurgence. Violent attacks and lynchings were not uncommon, and the the year 1915 also saw the release of the W.I. Griffith film *The Birth of a Nation*, which glorified the Klan as protecting white southern women and portrayed black people as being better off enslaved. The film gathered um, much of national publicity and served its whole of creating a justification for further prejudice and discrimination against African Americans. It was protested against by the recently formed National Association for Advancement of Colored People and the WCP. And other civil rights organizations. Though um, their attempts to get the film censored were largely unsuccessful, it was banned in some cities. During the first wave of the Great Migration, the majority of people moved to major northern cities such as Chicago, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and New York. There were um, segregation laws in most of the, these cities, um, meaning that black people were only allowed to live in certain area in New York City. One of these was was Harlem, Harlem, Harlem. Uh, the newcomer brought with them blues, music, New Orleans jazz, and other cultural influences from a variety of southern regions already living in Harlem and or nearby where where black people from various places including Caribbean and Afro-Cuban with many different languages spoken and varied cultural influences that began to merge with the ones brought by the southerners. This diverse array of black people and all in one place result in explosion of creative arts in the 1920s and 1930s. The Alam Renaissance art touched every form of creative expression, including literature, music, theater, visual arts, and critical writing, and its reach also affected the social development of the time and influencing politics and almost every aspect of the African-American experience. It would be difficult to pick out a singular uniting form that encompasses all the, the arts that emerged from that time period. However, there were some common themes represented among the diverse style of creative expression. The effort to re recapture the rural southern roots 
and African heritage of the past corresponded with the rise of Pan-Americanism in African-American politics parts, poets such as Connie Kulin, Gulen addressed their, their African heritage in their works and artists like Kansas-born painter Aaron Douglas used African motif in their arts. A number of musicians, including jazz legend Louis Armstrong, introduced African-inspired rhythms and rhythm, rhythms. And themes into their composition, Zora Neale Hurston explored rural Southern Blacks' life using knowledge and experience as a folk folklorist. In in her 1937 novel, Their Eyes Were Watching God, the photographer James Van Den Zee documented African American life in Harlem through his image, some formal, some candid shot taken in Harlem cabaret restaurants neighborhood. It became the Diana on an official chronicler of a diverse and thriving community. Many parts, poems, poets, um, including Lingston Huge and Claude McKay, drew in Arlem life for their verses, and McKay also used it as a setting for his first novel, Home to Harlem. The impacts of race and racism on African American was a key theme of the Harlem Renaissance. My key poem, If We Must Die in 1999, We Must Die, Let Not Be Like a Hogs. Haunted and Pain in Unglorious Spot was written in response to the mob attacks against African-Americans during the Red Summer of 1919 when there were dozens of racist attacks across the country over a few months. Much of the literature of the Harlem Renaissance avoided over overt protest and instead focused on the psychological, psychological and social impacts of race and racism, such as the Nella Lawson novel Quicksand 1928, passed in 1929, which both included characters of mixed heritage who struggled to define their, their identity in a racist world. Lux and Huge addressed similar themes in 1931, play Mulatu. Harlem Renaissance has sometimes been referred to as the New Negro Movement, epitomized epitomize, um, the, new, the New Negro and ont Ontology edited by Alan Locke in 1925. The publication featured many of the big names in literature and poetry, and poetry. at a time such as the Conti, Cullen, Rudolf Fisher, and Jean Toomer and presented a new African-American who was proud, assertive, and self-confident, unafraid to experiment and express themselves. W. E. Du Bois 
1968-1963 now took the the opportunity to present black america to white america with his story the black man brings his gift it looks Houston huge encourage the black youth to to rise together and in the self-expression and claim that bright future in his form youth and 1926 a group of black artists including Wallace Thurman Zora Neale Houston John P. Davis Gwadeline Gwadeline Bennett and Houston Luge Luxton Luge created a literature magazine called Fire subtitle quarterly devoted to the younger Negro artists the group who of some time referred to themselves with irony as the Nigerian Nigarante intended to scandalize the elders and express the changing attitude of young African American fire explore the controversial issues are in the black community such as sexuality interracial relationship prostitution colorism the journal, well, the journal was heavily critiqued, but some celebrated its unique personality and diverse content. After just one issue, through its quarter, burned down and the magazine ended. As the has the creative scene blossomed in Ireland and elsewhere, more and more white folks began to take notice. Suddenly, white American were major, major consumer of black arts and black artists, and had an opportunity they hadn't had before to be heard and seen by mainstream America. This created a dilemma for black artists, and there were many debates in the community about who black arts was produced for purely for entertainment of white audiences or should be focused to be experiences of the fellow black people. The Cotton Club was legendary nightclub in Alarm that showcased black entertainers and performers to white audiences and was a springboarding to fame for musicians such as Duke Alanton, Louis Armstrong, Fats Waller, Adelaide Hall, Betsy Smith, the Mills brother and the Billy Holiday. The Cotton Club was a whites only establishment and black people were only allowed in as a performer or walker, with a rare exception made for celebrity. Many other aspects of the club supported racism of the era, with many depicting imagine of naked black men and women as a savage enough. And it's an exotic jungle and tri tribal mask illustration around the, the border. The, the, the Harlem Renaissance um, brought the black experience clearly into the white consciousness and demonstrated the founding role for African American had played in the formation of the American cultural landscape on a social, um, sociological level it redefined how America and the world view African American. The full political consequences were arguably not apparent until 
emergence of the civil rights movement in 1950, when there were was renewed interest in the works of the Harlem Renaissance. As a literature, literally movements alone in the alone Harlem Renaissance laid the groundwork for all African American literature that followed and had a crucial impact on black literature worldwide. The work of white um, writers such as uh, Claude McKay, John Toomer, and Wallace Thurman were both inspired by and fed the commercial growth of jazz music and simultaneously flourishing the work by black visual artists such as Aaron Douglas, Laura Willard, Waring and Jacob Lawrence. It is hard to pinpoint uh, a precise beginnings of the end of the Alam Renaissance. In some ways, it gradually faded away in the late 1930s and early 1940s during the Great Depression, when a lot of the venue closed down and people simply didn't have the disposable income to purchase art theater ticket or magazine subscription. In 1935, Harlem with riots, which erupted after the death of a young Puerto Rican boy in the police custody, also lifted the veil on the bubbling frustration. In spite of the of the presence of the artists, nightclub, and entertainment, Harlem had become a place characterized by racial discrimination. Already, although musicians, poets, and artists will continue to make their home there, Harlem gradually become less of a focal point of a creative movement. However, the ripples of expression and understandings that the Harlem Renaissance period created is still expanding today, and contributed to vital chapter in both African American cultural and Black culture worldwide. As gay as it was black, the freedom of expression and experimentation that that, that was encouraged of the Harlem scene of 1920 was an all-center run creativity and also included sexuality. Although not always not always acknowledged in the history books, many of the Harlem Renaissance key places, key players were openly gay or Identify as a having nuanced sexuality, including Angelina, Will, Kremke, Claude Menke, and Alice Dunbar, Nelson. Among others, many more have been widely speculated about, this, such as Lustan Huge. In Harlem in 1920 and 1930s, there was a sense of new possibility as an Octavio. Gonzalez, a professor of Wesley College and expert on Harlem Renaissance, explained sexuality become a form of freedom, expression, expressing sexuality become a form of emancipation. During the 1920 Harlem and ended 
around the country around the country more and more people rebel against the restriction of prohibition the speak easy culture of the time laid the foundation for lgbtq net life and drag balls and with a lonesome use describe a spectacle of color blues singer and pianist gladys bentley 1960-1907-1960 was known for singing Ranchy song in a deep, growling voice and dressing the men's suit. For many years, she regularly filled venue with loud, rowdy performances. During the wish, she flirted with women in the audience. She claimed during the, an interview with a gossip columnist. Alumnus, that she had a married a white woman, although although there is no need record of the union taking place, this kind of unapologetic openness about sexuality, especially one with all the making of an early 20th century scandal, was unheard of at the time. One of the opening gay black writer of the time, which was Bruce Nurchin. Published a short story book, Lily and Jade, which became a concert seminar work of gay Harlem, and it nurtured explore bisexuality and depicts homosexuality relationship between artists. The story Henry Louis Gates described the Harlem Renaissance as being truly as gay as it was. Thank you. This is the end for the second part of a Black American African American story. is undeniably one of the heartache, pain, and struggle. However, it's also one filled with resilience, creativity, innovation, and hope. In Black America, we aim to tell that story throughout the timeline of the historic events, significant figure, and cultural milestones that have come to represent the black american experience over the, this podcast will discover with me fascinating feature on the events of the civil rights movements the birth of the soul of music african-american involvement in world war ii how black athletes broken down racial barrier in, the, in, in your sport the origin of blm blm movement and the much more besides thank you for listening Bye, see you next time.